My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. Mm-hmm. But it's an empty road, I feel so alone, I forgot. morning patriots and today is wednesday february 14th in the year 2024 if you have not seen it yet you need to make sure and watch the new film that came out it's called the war on children and it's with landon and robbie starbuck it's a powerful piece and i'm going to make some commentary towards it here in a few minutes because this is the message that I, I, Michelle, and Leah were called to carry after Bards Fest. And I'm not saying that this is a race. It's just amazing how God's working because now who was a, a former major producer in Hollywood has the same message. It gets into Kinsey. It gets into sexual practices. 
He gets into all the things that nobody wants to talk about, what you're doing in your bedroom. And it gets into the whole principles, less a lot of the scriptural root of the foundations of understanding how this war on children is being waged. It's a powerful film. It's disturbing. And I see things like this, and I, I kind of reflect back on how difficult that message was to bring here. And I think about the amount of backlash that came from that from many different sectors. And I just, I take a breath, and this is really where myself, I have to take some grace. Because the there's a real tendency to want to say, I told you so. And on the other hand, there's a real grace that says, if you missed it then, don't miss it now. Because God's speaking very boldly. He's not playing around. We are the problem and perpetuators of something that rooted itself in Kinsey, Stanger, and Aleister Crowley. And we're perpetuating it in our lives, and it's coming out in the first film. The film we're working on should be out in April, and there's another film that I now come across that's talking about the same thing. Three films, nobody knows each other, all of them randomly coming out. And by the way, this film aired. Think about this. This film aired after last weekend, which was the Dan Patch revival. This film in itself centers itself around the concept of Kinsey, who's in Indiana, who we prayed for last weekend, who Michelle and Leah ran their revival in Dan Patch in, in Indiana. That revival was supposed to be in January. It got postponed because of weather to last weekend. We knew nothing about this film. And now you sit back and take a breath and you go, wow, God is moving bigly. This is a, a powerful message when you start putting the pieces together to realize where God's heart is, where the focus is, and the importance of understanding what's happening to our kids. It's no joke. It's not going to make you, make you comfortable if you don't want to hear it. It's too bad. The war on children is real. And if we don't do something about it, the judgment's going to be worse. So before we get going, patriots, do be aware that this is a very real time with a very real evil an evil that is doing all it can to break our will and bring us to our knees. They will do anything they can with that. We are in a moment when lies are being told, betrayals are happening, and with this, we know very well that these people are going to do whatever they can to force the American public to their knees. My Patriot Supply has a four-week food packet, food system. And it's available at preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. You need to check it out. This is a foundation product. This is something that you put in your food, food emergency systems you have because it's something you can have there for 25 years and not worry about it. These foods are nutritional, 2,000 calories a day. They are sealed so they can last, like I said, for over 25 years on your shelf. They are designed to give you that energy and boost you need in times of crisis and it's peace of mind knowing that you've got a system of food available you can you know, never can worry have to worry about you should get one for every member of your family these are also portable so if something happens you can quickly grab and go so head on over to preparewithbards.com preparewithbards.com take advantage of the 
discount that's on for these four-week systems there right now. They are a fantastic product. And get yourself well-prepared. We are into some crazy times. Food is a weapon, and they have there's no doubt they will want to use it. So, again, check it out, preparewithbards.com. About three years ago, God put on my heart this whole thing, which we now call county by county. And number two on that list was homeschooling. Those seven pillars are really the foundation for us to take back this entire nation because it's centered on us taking back our power that we have so willfully given away. And that power is something that in a republic, only we can give it away. It's one of the problems that we have in our nation is that we see ourselves and have been brainwashed into believing that we are somehow a, demo a democracy, which we are not. Democracy somehow gives the will of the people the right to take away your individual rights. That's not true. Only God can take those away. Let's hear this short clip here. The American people are living in a matrix. They don't understand the truth of how things are working in this country. You know, and let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. The very fact is that if you, if you ask 100 people on the street, what kind of government is America supposed to be? 99% of them will tell you a democracy. America is supposed to be a democracy. But that's a lie. That's an illusion. The word democracy is not written into the Constitution at one time. It's not in the Bill of Rights. It's not in the Declaration of Independence. The Founding Fathers hated the idea of a democracy. They thought it was the worst form of government there is. And I agree with them. Because in a democracy, 51% of the people control 49% of the people. If you're part of the 49%, you're not free. America was founded as a constitutional republic. And in that constitutional republic that we have, 99% of the people can't take away the rights of 1%. You have your rights because you were born with them. You have God-given human rights that nobody can take away from you. The government, the majority, no matter who they are, I can't take away your rights. And that's what, that's, that's what our founding fathers gave us. But the psychological operations that they, that they do to us they make us believe that we're a democracy and that majority rules, you see? And they want you to believe that. Any politician, any corporate leader, any influencer that refers to this as a democracy is part of a propaganda campaign to make you believe that your rights are somehow fragile. When you start hearing things like, we need an Internet Bill of Rights, we don't need an Internet Bill of Rights, we were given those rights, regardless of whether you're in the domain of digital or the domain of land, sea, air, space. Those rights are ours. That's our rights. They're given to us by God. But you see, the reason you see these different variations is because either one, they're ill-informed, or two, they're hand puppets of this continued message to convince you that you're not living in the country that you think you are. This country's constitution, starting with the Declaration of Independence, establishes that our rights were given to us by God. Nobody can take that away. And it's that foundation that when we truly understand that, that the government has no authority over us unless we choose to give that government our power. All of this is relevant, especially when we get to children. 
The war on children is very real. This war on children began back in the 40s, officially. And what's important about it is when you go back to the Kinsey Institute, which established its first work, its first major work, which was the publication of open child abuse and rape in the form of a medical study that became the foundation to try to convince a world that their sexual practices were no longer being were illegally or inappropriately represented in the laws of the country, would be the better way of saying that. And then that institute went about changing those laws so that people, the sexual practices in the bedroom would start to reflect the perversion that the Kinsey Institute was trying to push. The Kinsey Institute's study started by interviewing, the majority of people it was interviewing were pedophiles and prisoners, rapists, child molesters. That's where they got much of this. And then they took kids and they put them through torturous exercises and abused them, raped them, caused them great torture, and then put them into a study which they said was representative of what was actually going on in America. Now, why is the timing important? This is 1947. I want you to just roll back here. World War II had ended. The country was under an extreme amount of trauma. We had lost over 500,000 men. There was a lot of pressure to rebuild the family. There is a high attraction at this point. A country that's this traumatized actually has a migration towards adrenalized activity. It's important to understand this is, this is part of the trauma of coming out of war. Men were adrenalized coming out of war. These things now sound very good. There's the there's this instability of the church that comes out of 1947 because you've now seen war. You've seen the most horrific levels of war. And so you end up easily able to convince people that you shouldn't have to have any restrictions on sexual behavior. One of the things that's interesting is when you take somebody who's been in war, sexual practices become hyper-adrenalized. Hyper so it was easy to start changing laws. It's a very strategic move. And a country that used to be very proper and very Christian in its foundation of how we engage one another now became very consumed with what we now refer to as sex magic. And it's gone so far as you even have Christians that are advocating that these sexual practices are a way of even going so far as getting closer to God. I'm not going to say whether that's right or wrong. My point is that all of this, the fleshly aspect of sex has become part of a movement that was rooted in the Kinsey attack against the family. And it was done so to root in practices within the bedroom that would ultimately create disruption within the core of the family and break down some very protective and principled values of the purposes of why people were married. Family sizes diminished radically after World War II. Because with that went along the idea of putting people into suburbia, in suburbia, offering jobs that were no longer hardworking farm jobs and labor jobs, but pushing them into white collar jobs. And from the 47 into the 50s with the continued pressure of the Kinsey Institute, then we see the rollout of the love and sex revolution of the 60s, which is sex and drugs revolution that come along with that comes along birth control. And when you start to see these pieces come into place, you, you can't sit back and say that this was just like coincidence or that the bedroom didn't matter. The bedroom was the target. That's, that's the thing that people are missing. 
is that the bedroom in which they did in the bed with their, with their spouse was the target. Because once they could get the corrupted practices in there, then you can start to add in things like, okay, you need to take a pill to start modifying the number of kids that you choose. You need to start looking at having smaller families. You need to take the seat and the throat of God to start choosing what you're going to have in the size in, in the, of your family. With that comes abortion. Because if the pill doesn't work and you get accidentally pregnant, then you need to be you need to have something else. Abortion is the, the key. And abortion is the highest order for them of sacrifice because it's a pre-born child. It's as close as they can get to God. And they normalized abortion. They created that whole false flag. That thing wasn't even a real event. And they created a case out of nothing, took it to the Supreme Court. And again, the whole mindset, understand how important Kinsey was. The sanctity of the family had now been changed. The idea of open and free sex had now become normalized. They could never have done this pre-World War II, but they did it post-World War II. A country that had been traumatized by war. They knew exactly what they were doing. And so in the process of moving this, a country now that would have never considered abortion, now it, it goes in with the flow of Roe versus Wade. And we now see literally abortion mainstreamed coming out of this period. This now moves through the 60s and 70s. We have people now deciding if they should have a family or if kids are even worth caring. And if they get pregnant and they decide early on, hmm, I don't think I want a child. I'm going to boot it. Now, what does that sound like? And this is where this whole movie, this I'm laying in foundation work of what we're going to be talking about in our film. But where this leads to is what's important is what's in this new film which is where we're all headed. We are now at a point where a child of five years old can say, I don't like my gender. It sounds really similar to somebody saying, hmm, I don't like my child and we're carrying it because it's the same breakdown of morality. And we have parents now that are saying, hmm, I had a boy and it wants to be a girl, which I guarantee you some of them wanted a girl, didn't get a girl or the other way around. And are deciding for themselves that this gender needs to be changed because it's the same mentality that has pushed abortion and the acceptance of murdering a child into be normal. And ultimately, whether we like the comfort of this or not, and I, I really doesn't bother me whether you're comfortable with this next statement or not, all of this starts in your bedroom, in every one of our bedrooms, of how we conduct, perform, and relate to one another sexually. And this gets people very uneasy. Because from the pulpit, you're not supposed to speak of those things because that's taboo. And yet it's okay to believe a study, which America did, that was documented in study framework, in a matrix study framework that you can read. It documented the molestation, rape, and abuse of children sexually. And we used that as a foundation to demonstrate that America's sexual practices were wrong. A pedophile who Kinsey was, wrote a study which America abided by and changed their entire sexual practices, which led to the seed which has destroyed the entire family. This is right. Robbie Starbuck's film is fantastic because it lays down a very solid foundation to understand what this is, and it gets to the root of this. And you need to see this film. You need to have people see this film because there's much more of this coming out. This is the core, the root. You know, we literally went to war 
overseas, thinking we're fighting terrorists when the most terroristic and most devastating war had been weighed, being waged under our nose and didn't come out to its full glory of, of victory over a nation until we started to see parents walk their children into transgender clinics to have their breasts surgically removed and their balls cut off. It's unbelievable. And in this film, you're going to hear testimony of a young girl who literally has had her had her breasts removed at age 13. This is a scam for Big Pharma because Big Pharma gets an ability to sell drugs the rest of the child's life. It's, it's a devastating moment that we're in right now. And in this devastating moment as a nation, we have a lot of reflection to do as to who we are. What do we allow and how are we going to change it? The problem we have in the current state of things, and it goes back to the homeschooling piece, they've normalized the concept of babysitting through an appliance. I grew up in the era of television. I've spent, as a child, I was allowed to watch way more TV than I should have. And while it didn't destroy me by any means, it, today it probably would have. And I was fortunate to be around a very active outdoor lifestyle. But television was around. And there was a trusting in it. It was trusting in the programming people were seeing. Today, there's not a single child's episode show on mainstream publications anywhere, whether it's on digital, whether it's on, a, on YouTube, whether it's on Snapchat, whether it's on TikTok, Instagram, or, or main productions that isn't reinforcing a message, showing a message of acceptance of gender plurality. That's the new programming. Why is that important? Because it seeds in a child's mind, it wires into a child's mind that genders are always going to be plural, that they have to accept it and also normalize it, and that they too can become like that. We have pedophiles and freaks that are running our institutions. And they're grooming kids. One of the latest books that's been out is a book about how children can hide their internet practices, their search, their search histories, so that they can further find more of this material. This is grooming. And the American Library Association is backing these books as part of American culture because they say if we take them away, we're literally banning free speech. This isn't about banning free speech. This is about a principle, ultimately, of us banning what is corruptive and evil because a child is supposed to be protected. Parents are going to school boards and talking to these people and trying to argue a case when you're literally dealing with pedophiles and Satanists as you sit on that school board and you're expecting to be heard and, and they're expect them to act normally. You're not going to get your child in a safe place in public school, period, end of story. You cannot do that. These aren't public schools. They are state-run indoctrination camps. And our state, our government, is hijacked and run by pedophiles and elites, child rapists, and people who want your children. They are coming for your kids, and they aren't kidding. When you heard them say that in these transgender movements last year, in these gay pride rallies, and they said, we're coming for your kids, they weren't kidding. 
They're doing it every single day you allow your child onto social media. Now, it's really important that this film gets seen. And Again, if you have not watched this film as it just came out, do so. You can find it on Rumble. It's called The War on Children. You can find it on Twitter. On Twitter, you can actually watch it for free. Rumble, I think they're charging a small fee, which I don't agree with on this, but that's not my problem. Share the links. And I know that I'll have Nikki put the links up for the Twitter account so that you can, the X or whatever we call it in these days, so you can watch this film. It is important to watch and have people watch it. Because America has to wake up on this. This is the real war. This is, if you want to talk about where God's frontline war is, it's for the children. All of these things and the corruption of how we live in our lives ultimately is about why we are seeing the pacification of the men in this time and the pacification ultimately of, of the resistance to moving kids around this country and openly becoming a society which consumes more child porn and pornography than any other place in the world. And I, I just need to hit this hard because this is important. These messages aren't popular messages. Some people receive them openly. Some people walk away and go, this isn't for me. I can't handle this. This is ridiculous. This isn't for you to talk about. I've had plenty of that, trust me. But what do you say to a country? What are we going to do? Who's going to speak up then? Who's going to be the watcher on the wall if we're not willing to take that message and go, okay, so you don't want to hear it, but here's a nation and here's, here's the bottom line. We consume more child pornography and conduct more child sexual practices, meaning hiring child children for sex or hiring video interface with children to fantasize about sex than any country in the world, any country in the world. China is not even a Christian nation and they consume less than we do. Now, what does that say? about the state of events of where we are. And so if we're not going to get into the bedroom and start talking about where this breakdown comes, and I am literally on fire on this one because when I get people that want to push back and say, that's not true, it's not our business to go there, that's free will, I say, it's my job as someone who's a watcher on the wall to call out the place where God has shined a light to say that the violation of our morality begins. And if I'm not speaking it out with the most precious asset, what God has considered we, the most precious thing we have, we cannot enter heaven unless we have the heart of a child. That anyone who does, does harm to a child or causes a little one to do harm will face, it would be better to have a millstone around your neck. Those are the foundational perspectives, and there are more, that I speak from going, this is where the problem is, and that's where God has shined the light. We all need to be like that. The accountability that's upon us is huge in this hour. And it's not about our time here. This is, again, where we get confused. It's like, the joy of living in the flesh, that's all fine and good, except that we have gone so far off the deep end in a society that wants to enjoy the living of the flesh. Our pulpits can't aren't talking about it. We're seeing worse than this. 
the whole Super Bowl commercial bit that we just went through, if you haven't seen that, which has been absolute lunacy, because that was all about trying to modify a perspective on how we see and how we are seen by Jesus. All of this is to cover the tracks of their disaster to try to now pit the church against their abominable creations. They've created the LGBT movement. They have created the hatred of racial difference. They have created the mutilated kids of transgenderism. They meaning the elites in power and the puppet masters of this time. And the public has willfully gone along with it. So there is the give and take of this. It isn't just the elites somehow victimizing the world. It's the elites opening a door and leading the world to a place that many have walked through willfully by their free will. So now they modify the entire perspective of Christ as saying he gets us. No. He sacrificed himself for us so that we could accept, be forgiven for our sins and enter heaven through his way. And yes, while Jesus may have empathy for all, there is a line, which we have to walk here, that you are not going to heaven if you aren't going to follow it. There's a couple of pieces here I want to play on that line, which all tie to this whole issue of where we currently are with our kids. Here's the first one. Okay, so like I'm so annoyed about this. I want to talk about this He Gets Us campaign and what it's all about. And if you don't know about it, then you need to look it up on Google. I'm so annoyed. This campaign will promote Jesus commercials during the Super Bowl. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's great, that's great. But I just watched three of the commercials that they're going to put up there and I'm just besides myself. First, I'll tell you that their message is not about leading sinners to Christ for salvation. It's about universalism and inclusion. And honestly, we need to get Jesus, not him getting us. This movement is an us movement. It's not a Jesus movement. I get so heated and hyped up about this because I'm so passionate that people understand the truth and the deception. There's so much stuff out there that the devil makes look holy and look like it's God, and it's actually not God at all. Let me tell you something, God has a standard, and Jesus loves us all, but he never changes his stance on holiness, and God has never been about universalism and inclusion. I could probably give you 500 scriptures on that. He hates sin. If you wanna talk about Jesus during the Super Bowl, talk about how God sent his only son to suffer immense torture and wrath on your behalf. Now that's a Jesus commercial that I could get behind. Matthew 24 says, take heed that no one deceive you. And I wanna tell you, one of the commercials said, Jesus had to control his outrage too. Really? Let me direct you to Matthew 21, 12 and 13. Jesus was clearly angry, righteous anger, and he overturned tables. I gotta tell you, in case it wasn't obvious, I am outraged by this nonsense, deceptive 
campaign. It's literally just another form of Satan worship covered in sheep's clothing. 100%. And it's so important to get that message out in one of the most watched events in the world because it's the one day of the global idolatry of sports and ultimately of the halftime show, which is nothing more than a satanic ritual, that they had to get this message in there. Let that sink in a minute. That it was so important in all the commercials that they selected. Remember, these commercials are selected. Not anybody can get a commercial there. You can try, find out. Even if you have the money, you're not going to get it. This message was so important that in and around all their other advertisers that are pushing their satanic agenda, they're choosing a message to go after and distort faith. Why? Because they're afraid. They're afraid of what could happen if they don't distort the relationship they have with Jesus because they know that this awakening is happening and they know the movement of awakening within Christ is happening and so they have to spend time doing it. Here's another message on this, another powerful position. Jesus didn't wash everyone's feet. If you're easily offended, you're probably not gonna like this message, but believe me when I tell you, I don't care. Because the world needs to be hit with some truth. And of course, it's perfect timing that they put it out during the Super Bowl, right? Let's water down the name of Jesus. Let's water down who he is and what he did on this earth for us. Whoever made this commercial definitely doesn't read their Bible. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. People are making their own Jesus. They're making Jesus to be whatever they want him to be. This all-accepting, non-judgmental, give love and accept everybody like what now this is gonna sting jesus doesn't accept everyone into his kingdom if you're not choosing his way and you're choosing to do what you want to do are you ready he's not going to accept you telling the truth to people is somehow being hateful interesting how that's changed isn't it this is a setup for all christians christians that are unequivocally unashamed to speak the name of jesus i'm not afraid to face the lies i'm not afraid to combat the lies the world is watering down the message of jesus and we have to go into the enemy's camp and take it back. It is not hateful to tell someone what they're doing is wrong. Jesus did wash the feet of people, but he didn't wash the feet of people who weren't going after him. There you go. See, this how they're distorting these fine lines, and if we're not getting the right message out, that there is a way. It's not like, okay, let me throw up a flag, and believe me, I've seen so much of this when I've driven across country of these churches that are putting up these LGBTQ flags. It's insane. And by the way, when we add AI plus, it's important to understand what that is because when I don't, I can't stand that alphabet, by the way. And the only reason I include AI plus, which I can't even tell you what half of those letters mean is, but when you add that component, you add the second flag with it, which is the pedophile flag, which I guess they call it a transgender flag, whatever. It's a pedophile flag. And then you take that flag, which I think has blue and brown on it, and when you put the flags butt to butt in a, in like a cross, you get the swastika in the middle of it. If you haven't seen that done, take a look at it. It's unbelievable. Anytime you are seeing these flags, you're seeing occupation. And it's Satan's army that has now occupied these places, whether it's outside of a, a congressional hall office or whether it's outside of a church. Those places are no longer God's places. They're occupied. And all of those people in the pews that are in these churches, you're complicit in blasphemy, which I think is a pretty much a fast ticket to hell. 
It's just so I say it because I'm sure this will be inordinately popular with certain people. And that's one of the reasons I'm compelled to speak it. Is that if you're a parent that has been part of transitioning your child and your transition, whether it's by hormone blockers, which by the way for young girls and boys is the same drug that they use to chemically castrate pedophiles. If you are involved in the transitioning of your child through drugs or and or transitioning your child through medical procedure, I can only tell you this. You had better repent because you have just written a fast way, super high speed ticket to the lake of fire and no one's going to care. You have mutilated your child. And that is one of those truths I keep saying that it is the hardest truth that these people are going to have to face. And this is why the devil's so proud of this trap. We have an obligation to get to these people, to talk to them, to bring them to the word of Christ, the gospels of Jesus, to let them hear that your king, our king, Jesus, will forgive you. And we will pray with you to get to that place of forgiveness and to seek salvation and repentance. This is a repentant moment. But if you are not going to do that and you want to refuse and rebuke it and hold to that line that you did the right thing by convincing your child that they were born imperfect, so imperfect that they had to forever be mutilated, live a mutilated life, that they have to forever suffer the idea that they can no longer have children normally, that they can no longer, and if this is hard for sensitive ears, too bad, it is proven they can no longer have an orgasm for the rest of their life once you've mutilated, been mutilated like this. They will never be restored, ever. Once you understand that, once a parent understands that, if they cannot step in and accept the, the damage that they have done and repent, seek true repentance. And I'm not talking about like a little quick dunk in the pool. I'm talking about literally accept Jesus, change your lifestyle, repent before him every day for the damage you have done. Plead the blood of Jesus to heal the wounds that you have done to your child. Unless you are willing to do that, I have news for you. Jesus made it clear you'd be better off to have a millstone because you're going straight to hell. You have violated one of the most basic tenets of this earth. And while you may have been deceived, that's where the part is separate the sin from the sinner. We love the sinner, not the sin. I get it. And I can literally step in there and go, yes, I can love you as the sinner, but you must repent. Take a listen to this piece here. This is why I decided not to work with He Gets Us. Initially, my wife and I had this Holy Spirit gut check that something was a little bit off about the campaign. They're not necessarily saying the wrong things about Jesus. They're just purposefully excluding vital truth about the message of Jesus. Their website doesn't have any scripture or mention of salvation. Yes, Jesus was loving and forgiving, but forgiving when we repent, which also isn't mentioned on the website. And a big argument is people saying, well, at least people are starting to talk about Jesus. It's getting the conversation started, but it's getting the conversation started under the wrong pretense of who Jesus is. So instead of people rejecting a true Jesus, they're accepting a false one. I pray it's not, but I didn't get on board with this campaign because to me it looks like another progressive Christian movement that looks to tolerate sin and redefine scripture. It's part of a new age movement to universalize religion under one 
one religious order. That's the New World Order's model because there's no accountability in that model. Jesus becomes tolerant of sin. Jesus becomes humanized to have done sin. And in this whole model, the Chinese are in the process of rewriting the Bible right now, if you didn't know. And all of the concepts of this, these stories are being turned on its head. This is part of their new one world religion model. And there's no accountability. It's do as thou will. That is the principle of Satanism. So that's why you invert the words. Jesus gets us. Meaning we've evolved. We've changed. We're becoming transhuman. We're deciding that we don't like the way God made us. We're going to take our worship into our own hands. We're going to take our children into the altar of Baal and have their genitals cut off. And we're going to do this in the sake of the lifestyles in which we now admit is see in this in fleshly world. We have to do this. We're going to emphasize and embrace the principles of anal sex and oral sex because it's not going to affect us because we're, we're, we, have, we say we love Jesus, but even though that's an occult practice, nobody cares because in the end of the day, we're going to live our lifestyle. And Jesus, you need to get us because we've changed and you need to get up to the speed to where we are now. That's what this message is. That's it. And again, we just went right to the bedroom. And if you can't see that and how big this is, we'll probably watch this other big Exodus again. <laughs> I swear. This is why I just kind of sit here and I shake my head. I'm like, Lord, you obviously need this message spoken and we'll do this. Remember, I've told you this and I'm dead serious. It, numbers don't mean anything to me. And I'm just, I'm just speaking this out here because the last time this message I brought this, and believe me, I've just given it a little grace of space to let people kind of absorb it. But believe me, it hasn't changed in the intensity of what God wants is spoken. And you should know me by now. I don't care whose feet I step on if God tells me I'm going to speak something. I do not. And I don't care if I hurt your feelings, make you upset, make you agitated. If God's telling me to speak the message, then buckle up. And this is one of these that I'm on fire for. Because if it makes people agitated and they want to start throwing stones, throw all the stones you want. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to hurt me. The only thing you're hurting is your relationship with God. And you need to get on your knees and repent. Because if you're doing that, it means that you're doing it in your lifestyle. And you're offended by the fact that somebody's calling you out. And you don't want to change. We better change. This nation is not just going to get by. And this was something that we, we had a discussion with the other night. I say we. It was, happened to be with Michelle, Leah, and myself. And it came from a comment from Jaron Jackson, just to be very clear. I'm not calling anybody out. I'm being really clear here. I'm just ex- sharing with you a perspective of a discussion. Because Jaron came out and made a comment about we need to have repentance, not revival. And in core, I I agree with this. We use the term revivals because it's what people understand. If if we said, for example, we're having a repentance rally, I guarantee no one would show up. If you say you're having a revival, people are like, yay, we're going to go get Jesus back in our heart. But as you know very well with Bars Fest and with anything we're doing, repenting hearts is at the core of everything we do. We have to, as a nation, repent. We have to get back to a nation that repents. And it's not just one off, like we're going to have a little rally. We're all going to repent. We're going to call it good. We're going to get out the buttercream icing and we're going to celebrate. No. This is a repenting heart that's coming about 
daily of looking at who we are, letting God show us where we don't see our sin, repenting and getting back up. We're not staying on our knees, but we're starting on our knees. And this is where we get into all these intricacies of places that people don't want to go. But if we don't start looking deeply at the core of this war, this war is against children. This is what the entire thing is about. They are telling us the truth. We are coming for your kids. They have rigged the system. If it's advertisers, if it's YouTube, if it's Facebook, if it's content creators, they have rigged the system to where the material that's flowing at your kids around the clock is all towards changing their relationship with morality to shift it to a morality that's acceptable within the cult of Satan and steer it away from the rigid belief and ideological footing, the moral footing of God. Wide gate, narrow gate, one of the great passages there because the wide gate is the easy gate. And it's where it's where people will end up migrating. The narrow gate is the hard one. And that means that there is a selection going on in this world. When you read that scripture, it's important to understand this because it doesn't say everyone goes and happily walks on a merry way into the happy grounds of heaven. There is a selection that's happening. It means we have to live within a moral framework of Jesus. And repenting hearts is the core of that. And this affects everything. It affects accountability in our life. We start in the bedroom. We end up literally at the Pentagon. And we're telling generals, like I said last night on the show, you need to repent for what you've done. Repenting hearts is at the core of all of this. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to save and protect the children. This enemy has no mercy. This enemy is going after anything it can. I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around a doctor that's willing to do a surgery of taking the breasts off of a 13-year-old girl or removing the genitals of a 13-year-old boy and telling themselves and living with themselves that it's okay. I, and I, I can't even wrap my head around that. What's happened to the value of life? What's happened to the sanctity of the preciousness of a child? And again, where do we go? We go back to 1947. It takes you there. You walk there and look at the importance of a cultural war. The war is culture versus faith. And the culture war is powerful and they have corrupted it. They meaning those in power. But even greater than that, it's Satan's hand. And this is the darkness and this is the demonic realm in which we are facing in the flesh. And so, yes, this is a big war ahead of us. This is the one that doesn't get solved in the voting at the voting booth. It doesn't get solved because you're going to say, well, white hats are in control. I read a report today. I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I hope this report is wrong, but the report is that there is discussion going on with President Trump's team to develop private red state, we'll call it militias, that will help round up the illegal aliens in our nation and will have the authority to cross border and go into blue states. I can't confirm this, but it was coming out from a decent source, so that's why I'm bringing it up. But here's the catch on it, and I want you to, we're going to kind of wrap this back to where we were. 
part of that profiling is to arrest any of the illegals that were protesting the war in Gaza. I want you to set and let the implications of that settle in if that's true. If that's true, that means that anybody then under this administration going forward that spoke out against the war in Gaza like me, who doesn't like to hear about children getting blown up, you know that Israel dropped 50 bombs on another city during the Super Bowl while they funded an advertisement saying, please be kind to the Jewish people. There were 1.5 million people, and I think it's in Haifa, there. And the pictures that were coming out locally had children splattered on the wall without legs. That was what was going on in the Super Bowl, by the way, while people were having their fun watching fake Jesus commercials and listening to messages of being nice to Jews. Yeah, we've got some problems. And we have to get morally strong. So, this is a real important time. Someone says, why isn't he talking illegals? I'm going to respond to that comment. I just said that part of the profiling of picking up illegals was those people that protested against the war in Gaza. If you cannot see the cascade of where these rules go, that they are not limited to one people, then you need to wake up. Let me just tie this together. When you start to talk, let me just take it back to the back to the family. When you start accepting that you can tie somebody's tubes or have a vasectomy with a man, what you're doing is you're accepting that gender and your function as gender is not valued anymore. What does that lead to right where we are with transgender surgeries? You mainstream these ideas to where people become comfortable with them and you continue forward with them because government never puts a restraint on its own power. So we literally have to start looking at things very optically that this is, we have a major problem, a major, major problem right now in our country. And ultimately it's coming down to, and it fundamentally is this, what are kids, what is the value of children? What's the value of marriage? What's the function of marriage? What's the function of children? What's the function of the family? And when we get back to those hard morals that you're willing to fight and defend and put your life down to that level, most of this stuff solves itself. Until then, we are literally being marginalized and what's coming behind it is this idea of a state taking over the role of the family and the plurality of who we are being turned so that we're telling Jesus, you need to accept us. That's it. This is not the message of Christ. It's not the message of our faith. It's not the way our country was built. And that's where the pivot has to come. It begins in the home. Tough times ahead. Hard messages to hear. Hard truths to face. But not everybody's going to be ready, but everyone's going to have to accept at the end of the day if we're really going to steer this country back to a republic based on the foundations of Christian morals and ethics, which is what we are. We are a nation of that. All right, patriots, let's pray. Father God, we come to you today very humbled and blessed. 
and just ask this message, which is a tough message in this time, of our personal accountability that literally works from our bedroom out, that we have to start being accountable to you in ways of honesty and truth in the heart, of what our function is in our relationships, our purpose, our drive, why were we created? We have moved into a me world, a me world that is consumed with what I want, what I need, what God wants me to do. And we have missed the greater purpose in much of this of part of our function of being together is to procreate, to occupy, to expand. And so it really should be no surprise, Father, the, the fact that this war is being waged on children because it's literally like watching your reinforcements coming in and we're not protecting that youthful army as they come in, as they get mutilated and cast off in other places to be aborted and then worse even then slammed into the state-run schools of propaganda and indoctrination and we watch what are the gifts from you from heaven to be able to build this army to fight this evil we're, we're willfully, as a public, letting it be destroyed by the enemy and taken into the enemy's hold. This is on us. And it's on us to get strong and speak the messages to people and speak it day by day, face to face. Get this message out there. It's on us to move the information that tells the truth about the war on children, where its root is. It's on us to stay away from the distractions of politics and get to the root of the truth of the message that we are supposed to be speaking, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's on us to lean in to seek the fivefold ministry, each and every one of us, the apostolic, the prophetic, the healing of the broken and the sick, the casting out of demons and the raising of the dead, and then to seek the higher works, the greater works. It's on us to understand that there is a selection process here in play. And we're trying to reach those and return the, this nation to a repenting heart, a nation of repenting hearts, not a nation of convenience, drive-through, get it my way, but one that's humbled before the throne, that's listening to you, but humbled before you. And it's up to us to get to those that have made the greatest and most, some of the most egregious crimes, destroying children, mutilating children. It's us up to us to get there. And to get these people to see through this greatest trick of the devil, the burden that's on their heart ultimately, that they've been deceived, that they have destroyed their children in the process, but that all can be forgiven and all can be healed through a repenting heart. But this pathway is hard. This is the narrow path. So Father, let's praying into the hearts of those that are seeking that, that are going to walk that narrow path, that are going to lift up and literally walk that mighty walk and be courageous to speak that which others don't want to hear. To have the ire come from people's hearts, not because they hate you, but because they can't face themselves. Let us have the words and Holy Spirit to guide them out of those moments. To have them see the forgiveness that comes in the love of heaven, that they must be steered back to accept this place of whom they are and what they have done, to repent in this hour. This window's closing. This window's closing hard. And once it closes, those that have not chosen that path with Jesus, this isn't about rapture. This is about being set aside while this realization and revelation comes to the world because it's coming. And accountability is coming, whether we like it or not. 
And when that comes, it's going to be a hard truth for us all to face. And if you aren't in position in that place to guide people through with the scriptures of Jesus. And Father, we know very well this is going to be one of a very rough and painful and difficult walk. So we just pray for the hearts of those that are walking right now within the love of Jesus to speak more boldly Jesus into the world, to bring the gospel into the world, to seek that fivefold ministry, to bring it into the world, to allow people to witness and be participant in the miracles that you bring, the love that you bring, but the accountability that is demanded, the repenting heart. Bless us in this walk, guide us in Christ Jesus' name, amen. Yes, these are messages that ultimately we get down to personal accountability, looking in the mirror, going deep. Not easy. And not easy for many. And some of the hardest things to ever get over, if you want to look at addictions, it's anything to do with sex. Otherwise, porn wouldn't be a problem. And that's another, that's a whole nother long discussion about the infestation of porn in our culture. But it's real. And the sexualization of our culture is on purpose because it anchors us in the flesh. It turns us away from the principal core of why we were created. It allows us to accept the most horrific things ever. And remember, all of these things ultimately, all roads, whether it's pornography or whether it's the plurality and the, and the openness of sexual practices or whether it's the empowerment of women or whether it's birth control or, or even the birth control surgeries, all roads lead to the destruction of children. All of them. Because at the core, the Satanists see that that's the place that they can get the closest to God and try to hurt him the most. It's real. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless. And out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. 
Therefore, they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 